Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to be talking Best Served Good today. Best Served Good is a channel focused on CPG, consumer packaged goods. I have my man Todd Buffington here, who's owner, operator, exec chef of Five Minutes Till Midnight Food Company based out of Des Moines, Iowa. Todd, thanks for taking some time. Hey, man. No problem. All right. We're going to talk sauce. That's a big part of your game. We're going to talk food trailers as well, which I'm excited about that because we talk about on this show a lot, diversifying your offerings and the places that you get access to your audience is super important. So we're going to get into that. Tell people, you know, owner, operator, exec, chef, basically you wear all the hats, right? Five minutes till midnight food company. What exactly can people expect from that company? Uh, well, um, first and foremost, I guess we're, we're kind of known primarily as like a, um, as a marinated cheese company, uh, okay. honestly, uh, that's, uh, kind of where it all started out. Um, we started making this, uh, marinated cheese dip for some friends, backyard barbecue stuff. And then they were just like, you should, you should sell this. And I was like, well, how much are you gonna give me for it? And <laughs> it just five years ago, the, the ball just started rolling and you know, here we are. I love that. So that's an interesting dynamic because you hear that. I actually hear that a lot in, in a uh, homebrew. I hear that a lot more in homebrew. People are like, people like my yeah. homebrew and I started a brewery. That's not always the best idea. Sometimes it works out <laughs> really well. So we'll get into the dynamic of that, of why you decided that that, you know, was good advice and you went down that, uh, that rabbit hole. So before that, I want to talk about your backstory. I'm always really fascinated on when and how we catch the hospitality bug. So take us all the way back to the beginning of you. Was it high school job? When and where and how did you come about getting into this crazy industry? Yeah. So uh, my parents moved me to the West End of Davenport, which is basically a desert for all businesses. Um, a lot of places just go there to die. But there was a, a, a small ice cream shop called Tasty Freeze. And it was one of the last few in the country. And I just lived a couple blocks from my mother 20 years prior as a teenager. And she just told me to toddle on down there. And next thing I knew, I was a 14-year-old fry cook at an ice cream store. And I've never left. So that was 26 years ago. You found your you found your tribe. And I like that it was generational, too. Yeah. You were a, yeah. a legacy at that spot. I think that's, <laughs> that's right. So I can make a twist cone like nobody's business. I'm going to, I want to put you to the test at some point. I, I feel right. like that's a, that's an undervalued skill in our industry to say the least. So then you're in it at, at a young age, right? You need the job. Mom sends you on your way down the block and you're working there. You're in it and you, you, it was clear. Cause sometimes we don't know, we have a job in the summertime and then we go to our real job or college and then we find our way back. So you were in it. You and I met when I went back to our alma mater 
It was only yep. called Des Moines Area Community College, DMAC, when I was there. Yep. But you guys leveled up, and it was the Iowa Culinary Institute. Talk yep. about what school. school. ICI. ICI. Talk about, yeah, I did a little talk, fermentation. You and I geeked out, both fermentation nerds, mm -hmm. both beer and food enthusiasts for sure. So how did school come about? Why did you decide that that was a path that was going to lead you to where you wanted to go in the industry? Well, you know, um, I worked a couple uh, jobs to uh, help my ex-wife, uh, basically so we could survive, uh, you know, law school and all that stuff. And I decided that um, I would I would rather cut my own head off than sit another day in an office in any capacity. So I got out of that and went back to food and um, started this little uh, food trailer called Melts Without Borders. We did uh, a lot of like... Uh, a lot of different melts and grilled cheese and okay. you know that yeah. sort of thing and hit all the brewery scenes and stuff and it went so well that we were like we need to take this to another scale well uh i was the only one with cooking experience and um you know so we go to the bank and the bank we don't think you're quite serious enough like you don't have any credentials you never went to college mm. you know maybe you should come back in you know a couple years when you have some sort of degree tell us you're really passionate about this it's like well, I, I mean, I guess this is how, you know, small business gets started. So yeah, next thing I know, I'm enrolling in ICI just to pump out that paper. And, uh, you know, it, it turned out to be a pretty good experience for the most part. Um, but being an older student, uh, sometimes detrimental, you know, you spend a few years in the kitchen, you get a little arrogant, uh, kind of yeah. dickish towards younger people, you know, because you yeah. think you know more. But you really don't. I mean, you know, everybody's everybody's the same in school. Like, you know, I, I may have more skill sets than, you know, somebody 18 or whatever. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, it was a it was a humbling experience because it, it, it taught me to just relax, have a lot more patience, you know, particularly with a younger generation of cooks. Um, you know, and then, you know, I met some of the best friends I, I think I'll ever have in this entire world through that experience. You know, um, some of them are deceased now and some of them are no longer in the game. But, you know, it. it it's good. I mean, I got, I got friendships out of it. I got a, a wealth of knowledge and, you know, it, uh, it also enabled me to stop being uh, so scared of just taking a chance, you know, and failing every single day. So yeah. that's what I, I took most out of it. I like that. I'd like that you talked about the relationships. So much of this show is about relationships. Tomorrow's guest, Ben Hayes and I went to culinary school. We were in the same crew together, right? So for, you know, a year and a half, almost two years, like we were, busting out menus together and stuff. We were part of that core team. And 15 years later, like we just picked up and vibed again. And I think it's an important thing is that re the relationships that we have are almost more fundamental than learning about the French sauces. Like I use yeah, that. Uh, yeah, but I really use the human capital and what I learned from the interaction of people way more than how to trust a chicken. Like I learned 17 more <laughs> yeah. ways to trust a chicken that don't, yeah. It doesn't really matter. So it's, and I'm interested in that dynamic. So then take us forward. You decide to start the sauce company, the, the marinated cheese company, kind mm -hmm. of you're, you're in that space. So take us from the backyard barbecue and doing the marinated cheese to saying, I'm going to make this a full fledged business. Now, what did that look like? What was that transition like? And did you have to run into the, uh, the, the suits again and say, you know, I'm, I'm looking for some money. I'm looking for some investment. Like talk about the dynamic of starting your own business. Yeah. So um, when we decided to start doing the packaging products, uh, 
and we started offering, uh, you know, little eight ounce tubs and quarts of our cheese. And as the line grew, our popularity grew um, just through word of mouth. You know, we we would trudge out every day to, to bars and to breweries and to parks and anywhere that I could find a group of people. <laughs> and I would shove a cracker with cheese in their mouth right. and pop open the cooler. And, you know, five dollars at a time, uh, you know, it, it took me it took me two years, but. You know, it enabled me to fund everything else. You know, uh, I bought a trailer off of a cooler full of cheese. Um, and then, you know, it started to... Cover on that. I'm, that's, that is such an important thing. You bought a trailer from a cooler full of cheese. Yeah. Talk about the Yeah, $5 at a time. Dude, hand-to-hand -hand combat going directly to the people. Like, the humility to say... Yeah, I have a culinary degree. I have chops. I've cooked in some great kitchens. You know, like I have, I have cred now, right? I have credibility yeah. in the industry. I'm gonna go and just find people and ask them to take a bite of this marinated cheese. Like that's humility, which I think is a, a superpower. And I think sometimes we're like, no, 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 I don't need those people because I've had articles written about me or whatever. All that bullshit that sure. I've bought into <laughs> yeah. from that. Sure. Talk about the importance of that. The hustle and humility to go out there and five dollars at a time like touch on that why is that and so important to you well because primarily i found out that like uh, like i know what type of i know what type of chef i am you know i, I know i know where my skill sets are i know where i'm gonna cap out like you know i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna have a james beard nomination like joe you know like it's it's never gonna happen but you know, you find your niche, you find what you're good at, and then you realize that not a single person is going to, they're, they're not going to help you, you know, in, mm. at least not in my experience, you know. So the idea is that if you want something, you got to go out and get it your damn self. And building a business and building a brand, it, it takes, it, it takes you you know, um, it takes moments where you are humiliated, you know, and you are begging for cash, you know, yeah. but you're trying to, you're trying to tell these people that like, this is what I have to offer the value that I see in it, you know, and I hope that you agree. And then, you'll you'll give me your hard earned money so I can go out and make my dreams a reality. So you have to go out there and you have to, first, you just got to believe in your product a hundred percent because yes. if you don't, I mean, what do you, what are you even doing in this industry? Um, and you got to go out and you got to make sure that, you know, you're capturing every opportunity that you can. So, you know, if it takes if it takes humping out there in the world day after day and just grinding it out cooler at a time, that's what it takes, because nobody else is just get You're not going to get these things handed to you, you know, it, yeah. not without restrictions and control. Uh, and I didn't want any of that. So I didn't want partners. I didn't want I didn't want anybody telling me no. You know, and that's how the rest of the line grew. You know, we just decided that one day we're like, you know what? Let's make some hot sauce. And that was it. Next right, day, so we started ordering ingredients. And then, you know, a month it. later, we, we were launched. You know, we were ready right. to go. Now you're now you're fully in. You are, and I'm going to say the word again, because this channel, you know, best served good, really going to focus on those consumer packaged goods. So basically what that means, people, is retail shelves. You're talking about hot sauces. You're talking about sauerkrauts or kimchi. You're talking about pickles yeah. on the yeah. shelf 
and probably doing some wholesale like direct to restaurants as well. That's the game that you're in when you're in CPG. So the That's consumer right. packaged goods we've talked about from the restaurant perspective, I think restaurants need to be really focusing on external revenue sources. For you, I'm interested in this. Let's talk about the business but then for you, you went in the, in a different direction. You started with the packaged goods product and then said, I need another channel to be able to bring our product and our ethos and our brand to people. And you have the trailer. So we're going to connect those dots for everybody watching, listening. I want to start, though. You're starting this company and you're like, fuck it. We're going. We're making hot sauce. Let's get into this game. Talk about those early days. Talk about some of the learning curve that I'm sure was massively steep for you of what it takes to take the delicious food you know how to make, but putting it into a package container is more than just putting it into a package container. Yeah, um, you know, uh, we're, we're still learning and still growing every every day that we're doing this, um, and I hope that never stops. Uh, I would take a little less failure, you know, because that yeah. costs a little bit money sometimes, but, um, you know, it, when we started, Obviously, we did everything ass backwards. You know, we, we did the consumer products first, and then we decided that, that, you know, our audience wasn't as growing the way we wanted to. So I invested and bought the trailer, you know, one cooler full of cheese at a time. Love it. As primarily as a means to escape a lot of the uh, crushing work of restaurant work, um, and as a means to basically do whatever I wanted. And also as a way to like highlight and showcase my friends products as well you know so we also do that as well oh, that's we'll, great. we'll take uh, you know a friend's idea if they have a what we think is a, a you know a marketable idea and we'll make it we'll bottle it and split the proceeds you know and just run it under their brand and if it takes off they're free to they're free to take their recipe and you know and, and do whatever they want with it you know so you got into white label like that's usually something when you're at scale and you have a big facility and then yeah. all of a sudden you need to like maximize your output because you have all this equipment and labor and right. invested already it's baked in you did that because you wanted to support others i'm guessing not because you had this massive amount of infrastructure that you're trying to maximize it's because certainly like, not you get certainly not <laughs> you just care enough about the people to say, Hey, let's like, let's get in this together. There's also a lot of collaboration and banter and stuff. I'm guessing that that kind of fuels you as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so like the hot sauce idea, uh, I've been working with a, a friend of mine and he'll come out and hustle and grind cheese and, you know, uh, package up goods and, you know, work the trailer with me and stuff. And he, he, he was basically complaining about a, a certain local hot sauce brand around here and, and didn't quite care for it. And he's like, I think we can make something better. And that was it. That was the start. So, you know, over the next few hours, you know, we had a couple cocktails. We started talking about what we could do in the market. And, you know, the next thing you know, uh, he was like, I want to do this and this and this. And I was like, well, I think those are great ideas. So let's just, let's just run with it. Um, and no, we have zero infrastructure. I mean, really, I mean, we're in 56 square foot of usable trailer. We're very tiny, but you know, for the things that we can do, uh, we, we try to push as much product as we possibly can and help as many people, you know, maybe realize an idea or a dream that they might have. Yeah. I, you know, which is important because, you know, being so small uh, means we're a lot more nimble as well, right? So we don't have a ten thousand dollar canner to pay for. You know, we we'll hand pack it if we have to. You know, it 
but that's okay because we can do small runs. You know, it's less financially risky for us to do 500 bottles of a mustard or, you know, a right. barbecue sauce or, or whatever it is. So let's talk about that. Let's get a little granular with the actual process. So you, you have an idea for hot sauce. And again, yeah. I want to talk to, I want to talk to chefs. I want to talk to people in restaurants, like very much. So talk about the actual process. You are making a large batch, you know, how mm -hmm. many gallons at a time you're packaging, how many bottles of what size, like give us a little bit of kind of the, the actual sure. runs that you're doing. Sure. So um, we'll do around 12 gallons uh, of hot sauce uh, in a given run. Um, and then we'll, after it's done fermenting and cooking and, you know, all the things that we do to it, we end up doing uh, little eight ounce Boston bottles, right? Yep. Flip top lids, you know, seals, the whole, the whole nine. And we will literally sit there with a funnel and a distribution bucket and just crank them one at a time. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it's pretty rudimentary, but you know, it gets the job done and you know, people seem to like it. So that's and good so how much, Give us a little bit of the economics, like the packaging itself. How much does one unit cost you from the, the unit itself, the label kind of give us a little bit of the economics of that. Sure. So obviously because, you know, everything is cheaper in volume, you know, uh, as you scale, uh, you know, things do get cheaper. So we'll do a, a run of 500 labels and they'll end up costing us 40 cents a piece. Okay. Uh, we'll buy 600 bottles at a time and those bottles will end up costing us 18 cents a piece. Lids will be 12 cents a piece. You know, so by the time you're down into the, into the dirt of the thing, you know, you're 70 cents into the packaging yep. and then through product alone, you're probably adding, we're adding around another 75 cents per eight ounces, give or take. Uh, so all in, you know, you're about a buck and a half, give or take, and we retail at seven. So the okay. margins are, are large enough for us to pay our staff well, which is really, really important to me. Yes, um, if the market will bear the price on our packaged goods, I'm going to charge that so I can pass on that money to our employees because that's, this is a hard, this is a hard, hard business and not all of us are paid well enough in order to survive. So that's one of the things that we wanted to make sure was first and foremost, we'll take a much lower profit return to make sure that the employees are treated well. Um, so okay. aside from labor, um, you know, we're getting really good returns on our, on our, on our products, you know, and that's, that enables us to explore, you know, new products uh, and screw up some some really good ideas now and again too. Oh yeah, but you know, with R and D that, is a big line item expense when you're in yeah package goods. Yeah, it is. Sure, it has to be. Yeah, it does cost us a lot of money, you know, because you go through fifty recipes before you find one that you know shelves well, that bottles well, yeah. that that can sit, that can you know hit all the proper pH levels, you know. Because, you know, it, it, it's just one of the things that you got to do. So, you know, all that costs money. And then, you know, when you find that bottle that, that, that works, that recipe that works, you know, you lock it in, you get your costs as far low as possible, you know. And then if you want to scale, you know, that, that's an additional cost. And, you know, that's going to eat into your profits as well. So you're probably going to spend twice as much uh, having it bottled by somebody else as you would if you were yep. doing it yourself. Um, 
but you know that also allows you to reach uh, greater heights too so you know if we were having it done by a co-packer you know we could possibly enter you know the larger markets like hy v you know right. that's not really the brand that's not really the direction our brand is trying to take we're trying to stay smaller and more niche and you know co-ops and smaller grocery stores and that sort of thing but you know if you're really looking to move out and you know make big splashes you know you got to have you got to have co-packers you got to have barcodes and you got to get into those big stores like hy v you know where where they'll buy a hundred cases from you at a time, you know, because they have yeah, the distribution so, and the infrastructure. So co-packing to give people an idea, basically some of the economics we talked about, you're a buck and a half into it, package product labor can add mm -hmm. at your scale, maybe a little bit more than like a, a half a buck, but somewhere around there is usually a good starting point. So you're in for $2. And um, then a lot of times you're talking another well, for, for labor we, we it doubles our cost honestly per bottle yeah because that's you know, what i figured for you like exactly well. small scale yeah no right. that makes sense so and then you're talking when you're talking about and I, the reason i'm digging into this a little bit is because i think restaurants need to kind of hear this is probably about another dollar a dollar to a dollar 25 something like that if you go to a co-packer the reason that i mention it is because there's an opportunity for brand. And you mentioned the places that you are and you mentioned going out to the park and just slinging cheese. So I'm fascinated in going to where the people are. When I think about yeah. being able to bring your brand into people's homes, there's so much value to a revenue stream, but also a brand position. All of a sudden, mm -hmm. your five minutes till midnight hot sauce is in somebody's pantry or in their refrigerator and then they revisit your brand again and again and again and keeps you top of mind. I think that's an important thing. Also, their friends come over. They want to show off a little bit. They're making cocktails with hot sauce or they're making food with hot sauce. Now they say, hey, what, what's this five minutes till midnight? And they have a cosign from one of their friends, which we're seeing more and more and more is the best marketing that you can have when you're a small independent operation. So I wanted to hover on that for a second. Yeah, 100% where the people are, because clearly that's been top of mind since it was marinated cheese. Mm -hmm. Where are the people now? Where's your focus when it's, when it's about getting to the end consumer for you? Uh, for us, um, we've been focused, well, for the last few years, we've been really focusing on the craft brew scene here in Iowa. Um, right. You know, we have, uh, it's either at hundred or over a hundred breweries here in Iowa, you know, and, particularly in the Des Moines Metro, the, it, they're so concentrated. Right. Uh, within, you know, a half hour drive of here, I could hit 20 breweries, you know, and that's where the market is for us, you know, pr primarily because of our price point. You know, if you got no problem spending $7 on a sour, like you're going to have no problem spending $7 on our hot sauce. And in order to like the way we position, like it, it's just like that, right? You're never going to have the same connection to that product that that I sell, if you just pick it off a store shelf from High V, but you are going to have that right. connection because I, I've come to your table, I've shared a beer with you, I've bantered, you know, it, we've talked about the the ingredients that are in it, you know, I've personally sold you that bottle myself, or one of my employees have. Mm -hmm. You know, you're always going to have that story. I'm like, oh, is that you know Hezeleg and in, in Newton and man, this guy just came up to me and he was like, hey man, you want to try this? Was, yeah, okay, and then. Next thing I know, I, you know, I've got 30 containers of this stuff and I'm giving them out to friends and, you know, they're, they're going crazy for it. You know, that's how we've 
grown and survived. And it's strictly word of mouth, primarily from the brewery scene. You know, bikers yeah. will travel 60 miles a day, you know, and they'll carry my stuff to, you know, places I haven't even heard of, you know, and that's really how we've expanded and, and grown and, and positioned our brand is, you know, I, we don't want to be a faceless brand. You know, we're not, you know, you, you, you can, you can call me anytime. I, my cell phone number is on the website for God's sakes. You can't call up the owner of Deluso, you know, like you're never going to get into that guy. Right. So, I mean, that's what we wanted to, that's what we wanted to do with our uh, package goods is make sure that like, if there's ever a problem, you email me, you call me, you know, I'm the one that answers the phone, the emails. I don't have assistants. We don't have staff, you know, like I'm, I'm the begin and the end guy of the whole operation. See, so, and I, and I love that. And you getting in front of people also Liz says that beard guy is cute. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. You're getting yeah. some face time. And if the beard is just like working that day, then you're selling fucking hot sauce. And I think it's an important you thing. Bet your ass. Get in front of the people. I love it. Uh, so these last couple minutes, I, I want to touch on some of the people that uh, really impact you. And you and you mentioned some of the, the brewery side of kind of what you do. So let's take the last couple minutes. Who are some of the people that we need to take a couple minutes and highlight that are working alongside you that have been instrumental in kind of getting you to where you are? Um, you know, uh, so my buddy, Travis, who is kind of my right hand guy, uh, he's the one that's probably worked with me the longest on this. Um, you know, he, he's the one that was like, let's do a hot sauce, man. So we did it. You know, he's the one who's like, well, you know, let's, let, let's try this special out. So we do it, you know, Love it. he, uh, he's the guy that has absolutely no bound, like no boundaries in his brain. So, um, you know, if he thinks of something, he's just going to say it. And if it's a good idea, we're going to take it and we're going to run with it until we, you know, can't go any further with it. Um, so, you know, he's it, it, very important, you know, um, he, he's the guy that's taught me to be a little bit more braver with some of this stuff. Um, we've always been kind of a, uh, you know, can we curse on the show? Can we curse on the show? Sorry, you're cutting out. Fuck you there? Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry. Yeah, a little I bit said, of internet fuck problems. Yes, you can. Right on. Okay. So we've always been kind of the fuck you company. Uh, you know, if you don't like something, fuck you. Um, <laughs> and Travis is definitely that guy for me. You know, he's the one that always tells me it's like, well, if they don't like it, fuck them. You know, and that's it. So uh he's definitely been instrumental in, in carrying our brand a little bit further ahead. And um, everybody that's worked with us in the breweries have done an amazing job of supporting us as well. Uh, particularly, uh, Liz Long, who thinks the beard guy is cute. Um, yep. you know, she was a, a, a GM at fire trucker, uh, when we were first getting started and, you know, they invited us in and, you know, really, really got our name out there as well, you know, cause they were a brand new brewery. We were a brand new company and we just kind of grew up together. Um, you know, intersecting along the way. And now she's the mother of my children, which is wonderful. You know, you never know where careers in life are going to take you. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, I'm probably not going to name too many more names after that. Honestly, um, I can tell you that, you know, working in this industry, you learn a lot what you don't like, you know, 
um, and you try not to emulate some of those behaviors. Um, so, you know, shout out to all those uh, dickheads that we worked for in the past. Uh, you really <laughs> taught us a lot. <laughs> it's and, uh, you know, that that's that's really where we are most of these days. Um, and then, you know, uh, our friend Stu uh, that uh, owned the Smoke Shack over in the Drake neighborhood, you know, he passed and, uh, yeah. you know, always like to always like to bring him up because, you know, he was one of the best guys I ever knew. And, uh, you know, he I think about him every single day, you know, um, always telling me that, like, you know, you just got to if you want something, you just got to go get it. And, you know, to hell with everybody else. So I I like the swagger and the attitude. <laughs> I think that's really, really great. You're going to see a little bit more because I'm I'm coming to get some sauce. I'm excited about that. So Hell yeah. audience, look out. We'll be talking about uh, some sauces a little bit more. And uh, I'm super fascinated, especially again, because, you know, fermentation and, and sauce and CPG is something that I'm super passionate about. The beer side, I love the way that you're thinking about that. And I know that's been important in the way that you're actually positioning your products to be able to pair with beer. I'm a lover of that all day long. You know that. Everybody knows that who's met me for 35 seconds. So... For Todd, sure. I really appreciate you being on. I love the, I love what you're doing, man. I really, really do. Thank I you. Think it's important. And I think it's uh, the humility and the hustle is my big takeaway from this. I think that is such an important thing and we struggle with it within the industry and we get too high on our own supply. And you're just saying, I just want to get the good shit to the people. And I really appreciate that, Todd. So thank you for taking some time. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks, man. Appreciate you having me. All right, brother. You be good. Have a great day. I'm going to see you in a little bit for some sauce. All right. Sounds good, dude. Thanks. Cheers. All right. Todd Buffington, five minutes till midnight. Get their website up one more time. Go check them out. If you are in the greater Des Moines area, he's got the trailer. So they're getting around. So I like that they're also kind of diversifying. It's what we've talked about with restaurants. Getting into CPG consumer packaged goods is a necessary and absolutely mission critical move for any restaurant because the four walls are so difficult to manage. It's such a grind on the margin and to be able to create both revenue streams outside of your physical location, as well as brand building and storytelling, I'm all in. And I love that, uh, that Todd's gone about it in a multitude of ways and getting the five minutes till midnight brand out there. I'm going to get some sauce today. I'm excited about that. So great show today, everyone. I appreciate you as always. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.